changed his life. And that's a great pitiful example of bearing a false witness. We need to take from this that we have to be so very careful with our words. With words, we can make friends and we can make enemies. We can cause blessings and we can cause destruction. I'm a friend in Indiana that people love to talk about, saying things that just didn't seem in character with him. The things they said about him were just hard for me to believe, and I would never repeat one of the things that was said. Because rumors will die without repeaters. Rumors die without repeaters. If we repeat the wrong thing, then we're bearing false witness. Jeannie is out of town today. Her mother turned 80 this week, and she's in Starkville, Mississippi, for a birthday party. Uh, coming back later today. So with telling you that, you can leave church and somebody can say, was the preacher's wife there? And you can say, no, she left her husband for her mother. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Hagan is laughing. Donna left him for her parents. Now she drove them to Florida, and it's a wonderful thing that our wives have but do you see what a false witness can do with that information? I, I, I love the illustration. Uh, Leslie, you dedicated a song to Kay. Did you see Helen get up and leave? <laughs> Did anybody notice that? Charlie noticed that. Dedicate a song to the piano player, and the organist gets up and leaves the building. You, Helen would be okay with this. Helen had a funeral to go to, and she has to be on the other side of town, and so that's why Helen left, but to be a funeral. But do you see what you can do with that information? And that's what happens in this crazy world of ours. Our world has trouble with the truth. Paul Gimelman is an electrician. He'll appreciate this. The Port Authority of New York and New Jersey ran a help-wanted ad for electricians with the expertise of knowing how to install a Sontag connector. That was in the online publication. We want qualified electricians with expertise in installing Sontag connectors. The Port Authority of New York and New Jersey got 170 responses from experts, even though there is no such item as a Sontag connector. They don't exist. What the Port Authority was doing was trying to find people that were reputable and see how many applicants falsify their resumes. And in just that example, 170 did. I read this recently. A grandmother wrote, one day on a beautiful fall day, four of my granddaughter's friends decided to go for a drive instead of showing up, showing up at class on time. When they did arrive, the girls explained to the teacher they had a flat tire. The teacher accepted the excuse, much to the girls' belief. Since you missed the quiz this morning, the teacher said, you must take it now. Please sit in the four corner seats in this room without talking. And when they were seated, the teacher said, on your paper, write the answer to one question. Which tire was flat? <laughs> Pretty smart teacher. The Pinocchio Syndrome, as I've come to refer to it, and you know exactly what that means, to our world, in our society, is alive and well. 
Some of us can't watch the news anymore. Some of us won't watch debates or hearings or anything like that because we had it up to here with people that just wouldn't know the truth that it came and saw. In our world today, is there any power in these words anymore? Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Does that mean anything to everyone anymore? I found some, in our world of double speak, I found some interesting ways to talk about the Pinocchio syndrome. Here's the first word that was very interesting to me. Strategic misrepresentation. You know what that is? That's a lot. I like this next one. Reality augmentation. Our society is filled with experts on reality augmentation. And then one more. This is my favorite. Terminology. It's even hard to say. Terminological inexactitude. Terminological inexactitude. It is a lie. Mark Twain said, a lie can travel halfway around the world while truth is still lacing up her boots. And he was right. And Richard Jewell, if he were alive, would agree. A little boy once mixed up two Bible verses. And it's good to know verses, but when you mess them up like this, it's not a good thing. He took the first part of Proverbs 12, 22, and the last part of Psalm 46, 1, and he came up with this. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord and a very present help in time of trouble. <laughs> a lot of people view that as the truth. You know, though, it's always been this way. Our world started reeling out of control in the Garden of Eden because of a lie. Satan's lies in the Garden changed everything. And about him, Jesus said this in John 8, 44, the last part of the verse, about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks according to his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The father. When we lie, we align ourselves with the father of and that's one of the reasons it's so important to tell the truth and why we are told not to be a false witness. When we start to use our words, we learn also even the truth should be used in the right way. We have to be careful how we tell the truth. There was a newspaper editor of a small town newspaper that was so tired of people telling him they didn't like him uh, to lie and exaggerate and make his stories flowery. And this was years ago. And he announced he would tell the truth in the future. And the next issue contained the following item about marriage. Mary, Miss Sylvan Rose and James Collins last Saturday at the Baptist Parsonage by the Reverend Gordon. The bride is a very ordinary town girl who doesn't know any more about cooking than a jackrabbit and never helped her brother three days in her life. She is not a beauty by any means and has a gait like a duck. The groom is an up-to-date loafer. He has been living off the old folks at home all of his life. It's not worth shucks. It'll be a hard life. <laughs> and that's what he thought. 
It is a far cry from the truth of Proverbs 25, 11. One of my favorite verses, and it paints such a beautiful picture. Proverbs 25, 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting. And that's how our words ought always to be. Uplifting, not to tear apart. God is not pleased when we lie. In fact, Harsh words in Proverbs about it, talking about things that God hates. Listen to this, Proverbs 6, 16 and following. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that divides wicked plans, feet that hurry to run evil, a lying witness who testifies falsely, and one who sows discord in the family. You see, lying made in there twice. God hates it. Many years ago, a man contemplated the orchestra of the Emperor of China. Although he could not play a note, whenever the group practiced or performed, he would hold his flute against his lips, pretending to play and moving his hands, but never making a sound. He received a modest salary and made a comfortable living in the Emperor's court. It reminds some of us of choir when once upon a time we were just told to move our mouths and let the Leslie's of this world sing and the rest of us not, especially during the time of voice change. So the man made a modest living pretending to play the flute. One day the emperor requested a solo from each musician. And the flautist got nervous. There wasn't time for him to learn the instrument. And so he pretended to be sick. But the royal physician came to examine him and could find nothing wrong. And so his time was set to come and pray play for the emperor. On the day of his solo performance, the imposter took poison and killed himself. The explanation of a suicide led to a phrase that has found its way into your language. You have used it today, I'm sure, in your life. He refused to face the music. The cure for deceit is simply this, that you need to face the music. Tell the truth. All of it. So, looking at the ninth commandment, I realize I've not told you anything today that you don't know. You know that it is right and has been drilled into you, most likely from your small days, to always tell the truth. Anybody ever have vinegar put on their tongue or soap put in their mouth when they didn't tell the truth? Could it also be this ninth commandment is always telling us to always be a true witness? Could the opposite be be a true witness wherever you go? Recall the harm several years back of Jim Baker and Jimmy Swagger. And I use those illustrations because you know them and it doesn't involve anybody that we like to know. Remember the harm that did? When we are a false witness, when we don't live up to who God created us to be and do what God created us to do, then we are too a false witness. So seek always to be a true witness to your neighbor and to the world. And make sure your words are to build up. What a different world it would be if they would just follow that.